1: Welcome, welcome to a very special episode of Gaining Momentum. I know it's been a minute since we have connected with folks, but I'm super excited today to be coming to you with the, the amazing, incredible, beautiful new children's book, Mobo Saves the Day, by my illustrious co-host, Abby. Abby, hi. How are you? It's been I'm a minute. good. It's so nice to be back on a Zoom with you recording something. It's incredible. And we also have a friend of the pod who did the incredible podcast art for Gaining Momentum, Catherine Katcha, who is actually the incredible illustrator of the book that we're here to talk about today. Hi, Catherine. Welcome.
2: Hi, thanks for having me.
1: I know both of you pretty well. Um, so it felt like such an incredible opportunity to get to talk a little bit about this amazing project and to hear a little bit more about the book and the process and just really share with folks where. Where they can get it, and about both of you here today. So, thanks for taking the time.
0: Go oh, ahead. Where get it, I'll hop right into that. So, it is right. available on my website, abiolaregan.com.
1: Amazing. We'll make sure that we pop that info into any of the on any of the writing or the text that goes with with the <laughs> event. I'd love just to get us started actually to hear the book and then we can follow up with uh just a discussion around how this world came to be perfect mobo saves the day once upon a
0: sunny summer evening mobo went to the park with his mom and dad and his aunt and uncle to have a picnic dinner mobo loved picnics they walked through the park until they found a perfect spot under an oak tree A gentle breeze made the leaves on the tree dance from side to side. It made Mobo wanna start dancing too. Mobo looked around the park. There was a huge playground on one end and a skate park on the other end. He was happy he brought his bike along. Mobo could see people whizzing around the skate park on their skateboards, wheelchairs, scooters, and bikes. Some of them were even doing cool tricks. He thought maybe, just maybe, he could ride his bike there after dinner. Hey mom, hey dad, Mobo asked. May I please, please ride my bike at the skate park after dinner? Mobo's mom looked at Momo's dad, who looked back at her. Together, they said, maybe, just maybe, Mobo. We'll see. Mobo practiced doing jumps in the grass until he heard a buzzing sound. He looked down, but he didn't see anything. Then he heard it again. He looked to the side, but he still didn't see anything. Then he heard it again. This time... Mobo looked up. He saw something big and papery above their heads in the dancing oak tree. Hey, Dad, he said. What's that? His dad didn't answer. He was busy unpacking their dinner from the picnic basket. Hey, Mom, what's that? His mom didn't answer. She was busy setting out the napkins, plates, cups, and forks with Mobo's aunt and uncle. Mobo kept looking up at the big papery thing in the oak tree. He pulled on his mom's arm. Mom! Mom! His mom looked at him. What's going on, she asked. Mom, what's that? Mobo pointed up. His mom looked in the direction of Mobo's pointing finger. His mom jumped up and grabbed Mobo's hand. Oh no, she said, it's a wasp nest. She yelled for Mobo's dad to stop unpacking their dinner. What's going on, asked Mobo's dad. Mobo pointed up, his mom pointed up. His dad looked in the direction of their pointing fingers. His dad jumped up and grabbed Mobo's other hand. Oh no, he said. It's a wasp nest! He yelled for Mobo's aunt and uncle to stop setting out the napkins, plates, cups, and forks. What's going on? asked Mobo's aunt and uncle. Mobo pointed up. His mom pointed up. His dad pointed up. Mobo's aunt and uncle looked in the direction of their pointing fingers. His aunt and uncle jumped up and grabbed each other's hands. Oh no! they said! It's a wasp nest! The grown-ups ran around packing up their picnic and yelling, Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! Where are we going? asked Mobo. Away from the wasp nest so we don't get stung, said his mom. Wasps get really excited when there's yummy food around, said his dad. Oh no, oh no, said his aunt and uncle. They hurried to the other side of the park under a new dancing oak tree, far, far away from the wasp nest. Before they sat down, Mobo said, Let me listen for a bzz. He kept a hand to his ear and listened. He did not hear a bzz. Let me look for a big papery thing up in this new oak tree. He kept a hand to his eyes and looked up. He did not see a big papery thing above their heads in the new dancing oak tree. Okay, Mobo said nodding. This is a good spot for our picnic. His dad unpacked their dinner. His mom sent out the napkins, plates, cups and forks with Mobo's aunt and uncle. They all listened, still no bzzz, bzz, bzz. They all looked up, still no big papery thing above their heads in the new dancing oak tree. They sat down on their blankets and enjoyed a yummy picnic dinner. As they finished their ice cream treats, Mobo's mom said, good job spotting that wasp nest, Mobo. You saved our picnic, said his dad. Mobo saves the day, cheered his aunt and uncle. Mobo grinned. Hey, mom. Hey, dad, he asked. Maybe, just maybe. May I please, please ride my bike at the skate park now? Mobo's mom looked at Mobo's dad, who looked back at her. Together, they said, yes, Mobo. Mobo put on his helmet, jumped on his bike, and pedaled as fast as he could all the way to the skate park. The end.
1: Thank you so much, Abby. I have the biggest grin from ear to ear because the whole story just like makes me feel all the feels. The page at the beginning when Mobo is um, first sort of like exploring the skate park with all the kids mm-hmm. uh, doing their thing, both of my kids, my my younger kid who's five and my older kid who's 10, were super drawn to that page. Like um, not just the idea of like getting to go to the skate park and like how resonant that is for kids, but like the mm-hmm. all of the people in that page and how... Yeah. Um, how much diversity there was and like how all kids were playing at the skate park. Uh, they actually both had something to say about that in a really beautiful way. And then, Abby, I was wondering if before I dive into sort of my first question, can you actually share with us the meaning of MOBO? So my family is Nigerian-Canadian and mm-hmm. MOBO is a Yoruba word or Yoruba name meaning freedom. Beautiful. But I would love to hear a little bit about how you two came together. So how did this collaboration come to fruition? Whoever wants to start? Um, I can start. Well, I, you
0: mentioned it earlier, Meg, Catherine did our gorgeous Gaining Momentum podcast logo, and I loved it and you loved it. We, it just filled us with so much joy the whole way through. And so when I was ready to create this children's book, um, you know, illustrations are a very, very, very important part of a children's book experience. And so I wanted it to be somebody who I thought I'd work well with and somebody who I could trust to shepherd the story into existence and knowing that we were able to trust Catherine with helping us create the vision for the pod I asked her and I was very fortunate
1: she said yes <laughs> that's great and what about you Catherine when Abby came to you with the idea like what drew you to the project
2: well I've been toying with the idea of illustrating a kid's book for a, a few years and um, I've started other books <laughs> started yeah playing around with ideas and I just never took it to the next level. I never mm-hmm. made it happen, really. So I could tell Abby was totally committed to making mm-hmm. this um, actually happen. Mm-hmm. So I thought that's kind of what I need. I need, if if I have someone counting on me, then yeah. I will, I'll deliver, you know? So yeah. yeah, I thought the story was adorable and just fun and sweet and summery and, that there would be a lot of space to play with the visuals and make it, you know, pretty and all that. (laughs) So yeah, I thought it was a good fit and uh, having Abby to kind of push it over the finish line. Cause sometimes I get stuck at like the 80% mark of like a project a lot of times. And if it's just me working alone, I'll just like let Mm -hmm. it fizzle. So yeah, so this was super fun and I think it worked well. I think we worked well. Together. Yeah, <laughs> you know. I think
1: I think that's a massive understatement in terms of how well it worked. <laughs> so that actually kind of pushes me into my next cu- question, and maybe I'll start with you, Catherine. Did you yeah. learn anything about your craft or your art or yourself with uh, doing a kids' book?
2: I've always found drawing faces really comes natural to me and easy and fun, and you can put a lot of personality in it. But like drawing bodies <laughs> is mm-hmm. just I don't know. It's just so difficult for me. So I think I've always kind of tried to do it. And then I just get so frustrated in the in the process Mm -hmm. that I just kind of Mm -hmm. like, I can't do this. I can't do this. Um, But I just force myself to draw a lot of bad pictures. Mm -hmm. Like You know, I'm just gonna let that be bad and move along and then keep working. And then I will come back to that with fresh eyes one day and make it make it work kind of thing. So I think you just have to make a lot. Like you said to be committed to creating a lot of whatever you want to get better and mm-hmm. and it will. It's just so much practice, you know.
1: Totally. Yeah. I think you said something so important there that I've heard from other creatives about like leaning into the imperfection of something that maybe you you know felt like is not your strength abby what about you did you learn anything about your writing and like who you, oh you know so that part of your that part of your creative process through this so book? much so much yes i have wanted to write a children's
0: book i don't even know for like essentially forever mm-hmm. and like you know i did in elementary school when you do like your creative writing stuff or whatever so as a child i wrote children's books well some of them were like a little bit mature theme but that's fine we'll we'll, we'll <laughs> we'll come back to that <laughs> and so this time when I started taking my writing career more seriously and was ready to level up I was like okay it's time to do this and the thing I think is tricky for me with something like a children's book is that there are so few words and so I feel the pressure I love every word needing to matter and so I learned a lot about both being pr- more precious and less precious with my words. Mm-hmm. And so like one of the people who did a test reading for my book was like, okay, this feels a little long for a children's book. And first, I because I take it so personally and I was like, what? I can't possibly lose a word from here. Are you kidding me? And then I get over myself and then I chopped out another hundred words and I was like, oh, I chopped out a hundred words and the story's still there. And so I didn't need those hundred words. So I mm-hmm. feel like I learned a lot about figuring out what I could keep, what I could lose, what would actually affect the story to change, like what the core part of the story that I was telling and how to just keep it fun and childlike. Mm-hmm.
1: For sure. That's really interesting. I'm wondering like when you were writing and you're going through that process because and every word's so important and you're really like, you know, it's so deeply personal, like putting your work on the page like that. Who were you thinking about when you're writing that book? Like, Who is MOBO Saves the Day for?
0: It's for adults, I think like 50 to 75. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's, I was thinking more like young readers, like and young children, like three to seven, maybe three to eight. Yeah. And I'm thinking kind of in my mind, it's I wanted to write a book that you could read over and over without getting very irritated by like the 10th read through because yeah. I've had that experience where sometimes, you know, your child falls in love with the book and after like the third reading, you're like, I can't, I just I simply <laughs> cannot do this again. So I tried to write a book that I was like, if I can keep reading it as the person who wrote it and who like, you know, has a lot of baggage and history and work <laughs> and stuff attached to it, then I was like, maybe other people will enjoy it. So yeah, three to eight, Kids, younger kids haven't read to them, the kind of like six to eight spectrum, the early readers. I think it's a good book for them to be able to practice their reading and be the one who reads to their grownups.
1: That's so interesting that you said that because my 10 year old actually was the first person to read this story to my five year old. So Uh uh, uh, it's really it's interesting to me that you said that because that's actually how it went down in my own household. (laughs) Awesome. So why MOBO and why this story at this time? Well, it's based on a true story.
0: (laughs) Uh, I, during the pandemic, we met with friends for, well, I have a five-year-old, I should say that. Um, So uh, we met with friends in the early pandemic days at a park for dinner, and we were like all set up for the picnic. And then my five-year-old was like, hey, what's that? And then we were like, like, it was a gigantic, (laughs) like, like cartoon sized that we had somehow escaped our attention. And so like, that was basically the core of the story. And then from there, you know, I dramatized it and made it a little bit more fun, a little bit more playful, a little bit more colorful. Mm -hmm. But my child likes me to tell stories that we call a story without a book. And so, you know, I just like kind of make up things and make it up as we go. And then at the end, my kid was like, oh, I like that story. And then I was telling it to one of my friends who had been at picnic with us. And she was like, oh, that'd be a good kid's book. And I was like, that would be a good kid's book. I should write a kid's book.
1: And Catherine, when you, when Abby brings this story to you, like in its draft and invites you to, you know, partner on this project, how did you create that visual world that is so, so beautiful? Can I just say? And just like feels like it really feels like in reading the book that you really understood. Abby's vision for like Mobo's world. Like it really just feels like a fit. I'm not an artist, a visual artist. So I'm interested in how that creative world like shows up in your brain and how do you create Mobo's mm-hmm. world and the beautiful visuals that are within this story?
2: I think, um, I think it's mainly just by playing at the beginning and then playing with, like I did, cause I do a lot of lettering art and mm-hmm. I kind of weaved in some of the words into the illustrations and I think I just play, and then I find little nuggets of combinations of things that I like, and then I build on those, and then I go back to the story, and then try to see where I can fit the things that feel good to me into mm-hmm. the story, and then of course I have to I have to add elements that that match the story, but also I really try to not get too attached to the idea of like drawing a picture that matches the words. But kind of drawing a picture that matches the feeling of the words, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And I went back and I looked at books, like, with a different eye, you know? Yeah. And and kind of just studied them. Like, okay, how how can I express something with, like, the fewest amount of lines kind of thing? I think kind of how Abby was talking about, you know, taking out words. What can I take out that's still, because less is more a lot of the time. Yuck.
0: isn't that funny like going through your kids children's books and then like with a totally different eye because it's one a different thing looking at it as like okay like we're doing a bedtime story or whatever and then yeah. looking at it being like okay we are putting our own spin on one and we are making one and how do we make yeah. ours like fit the genre but also be its own thing
2: yeah yeah totally trees like drawing trees like how do yeah so many different ways to draw a tree and
0: Catherine did such an incredible job. And I know I had mentioned that it's based on a true story, but Catherine has never met any of the people involved in the story. Her and I met for the first time on zoom just before we started recording. And so like, it was really cool to see her bring these people to life who, because in my mind, like, obviously I'm remembering the people who were there. And then like immediately I was able, like, once I saw Catherine's images, kind of let go of it being needing to be the people who were there. I mean, mm-hmm. like, oh, like he's creating the people who are in the story. And it was so yeah. gorgeous and fun and exciting to see it develop. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I've never seen a picture of the, the aunt and uncle. I just saw your partner now for the first time but you know the people that are loosely in the book yeah I think this kid is also kind of a bit of my husband <laughs> <I know laughs> that's kind of some somewhere in there and then the the blue glasses um yeah I just Signature. something just I love
1: that for the blue too Totally. Totally. It's like Mobus, like the high top and the glasses, and I would argue the helmet at the end are like such signature, like signature takeaways of the character and their, and their aesthetic in like yeah. the best way. I would argue that the colors, like the color palette in the book kind of is its own character too. Really interesting and like intentional choices. Was that something that you're being really intentional around?
2: Well, yeah, it's interesting because yeah, I guess part of the process of looking back through all these different books, it's like, I don't have to make trees green. And yeah, like I can make this whatever I want. So I'm going to make pink. So cool. Because these are just the colors that I love. And it's just kind of letting go of the idea that like certain things have to be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, I can make pink everything if I want. Or you know what I mean? I like pastels with like pops of, it's just my taste, basically.
1: Well, there's mm-hmm. a really beautiful pink sky in one of those pictures that really is like, yes, I was just that. thinking of that too. Yeah.
0: There's at the end. Right.
1: And then that same picture that we were talking about earlier
2: too. Yeah. Yeah. I really read sure. the feeling of um, evening.
1: Yeah. You know, yeah.
2: Going down. yeah.
1: It, it definitely translates beautiful kind of watercolor aesthetic too, in the sky and on the ground. I'm wondering, Abby, like this is uh, your first children's book. And the route that you took to get it out to the world, which we're so glad that it is, it's an amazing contribution to our libraries, you decided to self-publish. So I was wondering for folks that don't know a lot about publishing, which I am one of them, um, can you talk a little bit about that choice? For sure. So I went the self-publishing route
0: mostly because I had the story that I really loved and I wanted to see made and I didn't want to have to wait for somebody to give me permission for it to be made. Right. And so... And I also just, like we said, it's my first children's book, so I didn't really know what went into creating a book. And so I wanted to learn everything about it. I wanted to get super hands-on and learn, like, what are the dimensions of a book? What, how do I pick my font? Mm-hmm. What, like, how, how do you make a book, essentially? And so doing that myself gives me the opportunity to learn everything along the way so that if I go the the traditional route in the future or do more self-publishing, then I can know kind of what I'm looking for, what questions to ask, like essentially how the sausage was made.
1: Yeah, definitely. I want to know because this has been such a smash success. Uh, I'm sure other folks out there want to know what else are you both working on? So what other projects are on the go? What can people look out for from each of you um, that you're putting out into the creative world? And Catherine, maybe we'll start with you
2: working on a, a few murals this summer nice. around around the gta um actually greater toronto
1: murals- what is it toronto area oh, yeah. Yeah. Toronto yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah. <laughs> actually i was working on a mural yesterday and uh, a lady drove by and then turned around, turned the car around got out and she's like um uh have you ever thought of doing a children's book and i was like <laughs> get out that's <laughs> wild I was like, actually, I just <laughs> read it, and she's like, "Oh, because I, uh, I've written, published, um, however many like young adult readers." Wow! But she just had grandchildren, children for the first time, so she wrote a kids' book, and she's like, "I'm looking for an illustrator." No way! Oh. So you just you never know, right? Um, yeah. So I sent her mobo when I got home, and and then she sent me her story, and who knows at this point—that's point, amazing. But- I love, that's so cool yeah so that's exciting um I, yeah I'm really trying to develop my illustration push the illustration farther and I would love to do more books um awesome but other than that I'm launching a new uh family photography website in
1: oh great Ooh.
2: I'm at that 80 percent point so I need a, yeah. an appy in my life to push it <laughs> <me over>. yeah <laughs> I've Been sitting on it for months so um, that's really focused on documentary style, documenting families really Lovely. Oh, that un- cool. totally unposed real life kind of yeah, stuff yeah, love
1: it, yeah, like really candid like yeah. this is us doing what we do I love that
2: yeah. being the life kind of thing
1: that's really yeah. cool
2: because I always slip back into like family portraits posed things which yeah. is great and it has its own thing but I'm going to really go where I want to go you know amazing yeah.
1: yeah that's so wonderful to hear so we'll be on the lookout for whatever's coming next and your instagram
2: you to, yeah my my instagram i'll po- definitely post it on there it's just my name
1: okay my great name
2: last name on
1: instagram abby what about you what else is next what's coming and is there any chance that there's more mobile on the way just throwing it out there it was pretty great that's so funny like in writing mobo
0: i it never occurred to me but like several people have been like so what's what's the next one in the series and i was yeah like, oh. totally
1: I mean, there isn't one, but I guess there could be. <laughs> yeah, it's got a series feel. I'm just saying. Like all the things that Mobile could explore and the ways that Mobile could like make the world great, I think are plentiful. Nice. Yeah. yeah. But mostly
0: I am working, I'm always writing poetry. That's predominantly um what I write, what I publish. But mm-hmm. um I'm also this fall, I'm gonna get back into this novel that I started a couple of years Yay. ago. And I have a draft that's just been like I mean, I'm going to say sitting in a drawer, but like I never print it out. So it's been like sitting on a hard drive for the last (laughs) few years. And so I really want to get back into it, make the push to like get it out. But I'm also toying with the idea of maybe writing a screenplay. Whoa,
1: that's amazing. You should fully do that. Going where the ideas take me and see what happens. What I love about both of you is that you have your hands in so many different mediums. Like you're definitely both like very multi multifaceted in your creative capacity and your um your creative output. So we will all be looking out for all those incredible Incredible things that you're working on. And now you've said them out loud. So for that 80% problem <laughs> that any of us might have, we'll be, uh, we'll be asking and we'll be looking out for, for whatever comes next. So one more time before we uh, say goodbye today, I just want to make sure folks know where to get the book and it's available as a hard copy and also as an ebook, I believe um, on yes, your I website, have. Abby. Yes. It's abbiolaregan.com. So
0: A-B-I-O-L-A-R-E-G-A-N.com there in like the drop section and you can get yeah like Megan said you can get it in soft cover so you can get your hands on it or ebook version which looks good on an e-reader also looks good on a phone looks good on a computer screen so yeah,
1: yeah. or both for all of your reading needs over the summer. <laughs> If you're anywhere where it's better to have it on a screen, I know I was glad to have both. So I uh, would encourage that as well. It's been such a pleasure speaking with you both today. I know you both personally, but this was a really cool opportunity for me to understand you both more from your like creative perspective and your craft and the way that you think about the work you do. Um, and it was a real, real treat to get to be able to be a part of that conversation with you both. So lots of love and thanks so much for being with me today. Thanks for taking the time, Meg. We know summer gets
0: wild and crazy pretty fast. Oh, so thanks for getting us together so that we can meet and <laughs> facilitating an amazing conversation. Yeah, it was
2: yeah, my thank pleasure. Thank you both so much for having me. We acknowledge that Gaining Momentum
1: is recorded, produced, and edited on the unceded territory of the Selic Okanagan people
0: and the traditional lands of the Anishinaabe, Anina, Oji Cree, Denna, and Dakota peoples and on the homeland of the Métis Nation.
2: Gaining momentum. we and hosting. Making an happy. With artwork by Catherine Cat and With music by Evan Guy Sartre.
0: Please check our show notes with each episode for more information on Catherine and Evan, plus how you can stay in touch with us through email, Instagram, and Facebook. We look forward to hearing from you.